Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How's everybody doing today? This is like the fourth time, no, I think like six, that I've tried to record this intro because either I'm tongue-tied or the dog is making noise behind me, but we are here and we made it and I think this might be the one. Um, I just got home, I had a really fun little coffee date with someone who actually found me through the podcast and reached out to me while she was home for the holidays. She does PR and lives in New York and we actually went to the same high school, although she's a couple years older than me, so we didn't know each other. Also, it's a huge high school, but it's really cool that we connected now, even though we have so much in common and we really just hit it off and it feels so good to just click with people, you know, like when you just meet someone for the first time and you just click. It felt so good and I'm so glad she reached out and we're actually going to try to get a drink before we both go back. Well, she goes to New York and I go to Ecuador for the holidays. We actually leave on the same day, funny enough. So we're going to try to catch up before she goes home and I go out of town. But it was really nice to just connect with someone like that and it's been a while since I've done that and it was really nice. So I just got home from that and I'm in such a good mood that I thought I would do my intro a little bit earlier on the week. It's Monday. I normally do them Tuesday or Wednesday so they're more fresh but I just felt really inspired after our conversation so shout out to Megan if she's listening and I thought I would come chat with you guys because I've been wanting to do a solo on this and maybe I will if I get a lot of questions about it or there's just more that I want to dive into about it but I think actually with the guest for this week's episode it kind of goes really well just you know coming into your own and evolving and how you you know you find what you do want to do by doing the things that you don't want to do and you don't like and that has been a really big theme in my life in the last couple of years you guys know that with my law school journey and even with my career which I haven't dived into with you guys but I really want to here because we talk a lot about that with Anastasia in this week's episode but I was telling Megan and I've been telling my friends and you know I've talked about how October was a really difficult month for me and one of the reasons why it was so difficult is I was trying really hard to be I don't want to say someone that I'm not but almost like I was kidding myself into believing that I wanted to work in a big law firm I wanted to do the traditional law thing even though while I was in law school I was really adamant that I didn't want that and I wanted to have my own thing I just didn't want to do it right away, right? You know, I've talked about that. Like, I didn't want to do it right away. It just kind of happened to work out that way that I ended up falling into doing my own thing and doing my own firm and my own business a couple months out of law school. That was never the intention. That was never the goal. That was never the plan. But it it has all kind of worked out the way that it's meant to. And I feel it in my gut that this is right. And I've been, you know, logic has been speaking to me. You know, I, f- I have to fight between gut and logic sometimes. And my gut is my authority, so I know deep down that in my gut I'm meant to be an entrepreneur and be a lawyer and an entrepreneur and help other entrepreneurs that are creators and small business owners in the the creator economy. That's what I'm meant to do. I know that deep in my gut that is what I want to do. That's what I'm being called to do, and I felt that in 2021. I knew it from the beginning, and I knew that graduating from law school that's what I wanted to do the job that I had lined up that's what I was going to be doing and when that fell through I felt really lost and I felt really scared and I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know what was up and down I didn't know what was right from wrong or not right from wrong right from left and like I was so panicked that I just 
got all of my resources together everybody pitched in thankfully my family my friends and we just sent my resume out to like a lot of people i don't even know how many i didn't count and i'm so grateful for that truly i'm so grateful for having them pitch in but i just i felt deep down that i didn't want that like but i was doing it anyway because that's the safe path that's the right path you know the path that i thought i was going to go down being a lawyer for entrepreneurs and content creators like maybe it was a sign that that wasn't right for me if this job fell through like maybe i am meant to pursue traditional law for a little while longer so i leaned into it and i allowed it to kind of i got excited about working in that those firms i got excited about the work i was doing i was excited to potentially be co-workers with my friends if i got certain jobs i got so excited and i i almost drank the kool-aid almost like i i wanted that badly like i really really did and i i i I, I did. I know I wanted it. But then the more I got into that, the more I thought about it, the more my gut started, like I just, I started not feeling my best. Like I, and you guys have seen it. Like, you know, people have asked me on stories or like I've talked about it here. Like I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I was emotional. I wasn't being myself. I was, you know, I wasn't in a good place. And I talked about that in my birthday letter. If you've read it, I'll link it below. But I made friends and then I lost them because I just all throughout October because I just wasn't myself and I realized in late November early December like I just I was kidding myself and I wanted so badly to be that girl and be that type of lawyer that my friends are and they love it some of them really really love it but I just knew deep down that that wasn't me and I was kidding myself a hundred percent and I finally almost like admitted it to myself last week and it feels so good to be in alignment and when i'm in alignment i feel satisfied i feel good i feel confident i feel happy and just talking to megan today was like holy shit like yeah no kidding i was not in alignment and someone who just met me today was like yeah that's 100 what you're meant to do and i sorry for the background noise i admitted it to my parents on friday and that was really scary but they took it pretty well which made me feel good and made me feel really good about finally admitting it and you know just truly coming into alignment knowing that in 2023 that is what i'm going to pursue wholeheartedly and i'm really excited for it and i will still keep working with my family friend doing personal injury work until i can fully be self-sufficient with my business i will not leave that like that 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 would be crazy but i was kind of trying to convince myself to pursue a full-time career as a lawyer and leave my businesses alone for or like build them up slowly on the side in my free time to have the financial security to invest into my business but like I just I, I wasn't happy and I I was kidding myself so I'm really glad I finally accepted that admitted it and allowed it to come into being and I feel like now I'm in alignment and I can like things will just work out so much better it'll be so much better for me and even today i feel the difference of just you know i had a restful weekend i was off social media and then i came into monday today and just feeling energized and excited and ready for the week and ready for the day and it was honestly like a really good monday i was very productive and i got to then have coffee with a new friend and that was really nice and i got to go to a new place in coconut grove which is one of my favorite areas in miami hate driving and parking there but it's one of my favorite little like 
enclaves of Miami and it's really scenic and pretty and just the views and the houses and the trees it's just it's really nice so whenever I get to go there it's always a good day but it really took a while for me to to come to this point you know like it took years of doing the work and I've talked about that a lot on the podcast and coming into my own and realizing that I need to be in alignment and learning about human design and that I'm meant to be a serial entrepreneur you know my profile is the great life experimenter and leaning into that and kind of accepting that that is what I'm called to do my purpose that's what human design is but that's also what I want to do and I didn't have a way to vocalize it and tell myself that you know and I wouldn't be that person I wouldn't be this person I wouldn't have be the way that I am today had I not gone through everything that I've gone through in my life in my college career in my law school career in my career journey thus far just the three months that I've been an attorney and that's really wild to think you know and just the ups and downs of my career and really realizing this is what I'm meant to do I'm excited that I get to share that with you guys but it took a lot of self-awareness and really listening to my body and being in tune with it and accepting that my path looks different from my friends and from the people around me my classmates but especially my friends like the people that I go to when I'm having a bad day or need to vent about work or whatever it is like their lives look different than mine and they don't necessarily understand and get it but they understand that it's the right path for me and having them understand that like my true friends the people that i know are my true friends that have come into my life they get it they, they believe that for me and they love that for me and they are supportive of that and those who weren't i know that those aren't meant to be my friends and sorry if you hear my dog eating in the background but i paused and started this 700 times and i don't want to lose my train of thought but i just it feels really good to just feel like i'm really stepping into my own and i'm finding my community of my people and that they support me even if they don't get it and they're not on the same path as me and that was a big part of it why i felt like i needed to do something else because i didn't feel like i look like a lawyer i i literally have told my friends in the last couple of weeks like i feel weird holding myself out as a lawyer like i don't feel like i'm a true lawyer like and they're like yeah you are you passed like why wouldn't you be you have all the paperwork to prove it like you did pass you did all of this but sometimes i still feel like i'm not a lawyer enough because i'm not doing the traditional path but like who's to say that that's the right path for me it's not i know that and other people have shown me a blueprint that they can be successful doing another way and even though they were a little older when they started doing it doesn't mean that i can't start right out who says there's just been a lot of ups and downs in the last couple of weeks and i wanted to come and talk to you guys about that candidly because i feel like instagram really isn't the place for it because i would have to do a million talking stories and i don't want to have to pause and start and pause and start even though i'm kind of doing that here i wanted it to be my own platform and my own medium to be able to tell you and i was like maybe tiktok but i could definitely dive into it on tiktok if you guys want more of this but I thought that's why I have a podcast and I really wanted to share that with you guys and there's so much more I can talk about this and you know I want to talk about the adjustment phase with my friends and that has a lot to do with it too like I feel like living at home I revert back to my childlike self and like with my family I'm not the fully aligned per 
best version of myself that I am to you guys and to the outside world because being at home there's that level of comfort of that I can you know let loose but I also don't feel like the version of me that I am around my parents is the best version of me because I revert back to my childlike self and they still see me as that childlike self and they think a lot of their critiques of me or you know um constructive criticism of me is like you know things that I would have gotten as a child that I know that I'm not like that with my friends and people that I'm meeting now but I do see that where they're coming from that I am like that with them and that's something I want to work on in 2023 my dog is drinking water now um I do want to work on that in 2023 of being the version I am to the outside world at home too and it's just really hard because when we come home we feel like the pressure's off and we don't have to be doing all the work because it's exhausting it's a lot it's intense it's stressful it's 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 scary to look inward it's not always fun and pretty but I've noticed since being at home I have to almost do it even more so with my family because they've seen all the versions of me and it's very easy for them to see the past versions of me not the new versions of me because you know the the not that it's a veneer because it's not it's truly who i am but like that pressure to be my best self is off even though i want to present myself as that to everybody and that is authentic it's it's an extra layer of me it's all it's work i'm glad to be conscious of it to be my best self because it's not always natural to me i want it to be and eventually with time it will be and i've gotten a lot better and my parents have acknowledged have acknowledged how much i've grown and how far i've come they have but i feel like there's so much more work to be done in my family life and my home life with my friends with my cousins with my brother my family and my grandparents like and i'm really I'm excited it's not the right word because it's going to be hard, but I'm looking forward to that challenge, I think, in 2023 of just continuing to better myself and be the best version of myself and bring that at home and show my parents and my close friends who have known me for years now that the person that I present to new people that walk into my life and on social media is the best version of me and it's who I want to be and I want them to see me that way versus the past versions of me because you know, while I'm not proud of that, I'm not proud of the girl that I used to be and I want to hug her, I want to forgive her too. And I'm going to talk more about that in a future intro or episode, but I just want to hug the past versions of me, even even and especially October me, and hug her and say, I'm sorry that you felt that you had to be that way, but I'm, I love you and I'm proud of you for recognizing that that's not the way you want to show up. And you're not being your best self and you can be you can do better and be better and you want so much more for yourself let's take the time to show up as that version of you and take a step back and reevaluate and see what's not working and do more of what is working and i feel like november was a good start to that and i feel like december too but december's a weird month so i'm really looking forward to in the new year really stepping into that and you know I don't like making resolutions because they're not really something you stick to, but intentions. And I've set up my note of my intentions for the new year. I think I've talked about that. But I'm really excited to kind of go back into my intentions note and kind of reevaluate and see where I can add this in if it wasn't already in there. And 
really focus on being the best version of myself in all aspects of my life, including at home, because that's where I feel like I need the most work at this point in my life, especially since for the foreseeable future, I will be living at home while I focus on my businesses. But you know, I told my dad this, I would much rather be miserable for a short time and not even miserable, just like stressed and overwhelmed and overworked to build up my businesses in the short term for long-term gain, which is my businesses that is going to fulfill and fuel me and excite me. And I'm excited to be doing it versus prolonging my happiness to work in a career that, yes, is going to give me financial security and benefits and really good networking opportunities and a really great resume but I'm just not going to enjoy it and I am going to be miserable because I know that's not what I want and then I might get caught in the golden handcuffs of that salary and then I may never want to leave and then when it comes time to leave I'm just going to lose the love of the profession and I'm just going to leave it all together and I don't know what I'm going to do then because that's what happens a lot and I don't want to fall into that so you know I may be you know and and Megan as we were at coffee said you know you're balancing what's worse and what's even worse like the i forget how she phrased it but it's like it's worse now or even more worse i don't know how she said it now i I can't think but i feel like i've been rambling and there's a lot of background noise so i'm going to cut to my suck and sweet of the week and introduce this week's guest and then we can talk more about this on instagram or tiktok or wherever you guys want to know more about this please let me know so my suck of the week is that i met someone at art basel and i thought i really hit it off with him and the more i got to know him the more i was like "Mm, this isn't for me and you know it was a little bit of an awkward like ending (laughs) you know it's never fun to kind of like anti-ghost text someone and then they don't get it and i've been on the receiving end of one and then also fought it and he was fighting it and i was like look like just no and you know i don't talk i talk about my dating but i don't go super explicit into it for various reasons and i feel like i could talk more about it on tiktok but i also want to respect my privacy and the privacy of the other people involved in case they do see it because i know for a fact that some of my content has popped up on their for you pages and then i've gotten questions about it so you know trying to protect my peace but yeah that was not a fun moment in this week and my suite of the week is finally admitting to myself and my family that I want to pursue this full-time even though I wasn't prepared to in the slightest when I started in September it feels really right and even though I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to be really painful sometimes and it's going to be stressful financially and emotionally and spiritually and physically because you're putting yourself out into the universe and hoping people love it and want to work with you and see it and it's a risk I know that this is the right path for me and it feels really really good to admit that to myself and to others and put that out there in the universe for real this time so that was like honestly the best highlight of my week and I feel like this week is gonna be good and I'm excited to see where it goes and so my parents are dying to speak (laughs) in the background they're like waiting for me on bated breath because i'm recording out in the open um which i like to do for ambiance you know the christmas trees lit up like all the decorations are lit up it smells like pine trees it smells really good in my house and it's time to get cozy and hang out 
but really fast thank you guys so so much for listening to the podcast it really means the absolute world to me you guys know that thank you so much if you liked it leave a rating and review please subscribe to the show follow along share with a friend tag us on screenshot when you're listening on instagram stories let me know on tiktok if you like the podcast what your favorite clips are you know chat with me anywhere you want and let me introduce Anastasia before I forget. I'm going all out of order because I feel very overwhelmed in a good way. I'm like all over the place, but I'm like really excited and pumped up for the week. But Anastasia has been someone that I've looked up to and wanted to have on the podcast since I started the podcast. Her style is impeccable. She's so much inspiration. I didn't know much about her career behind the scenes until we started chatting for the podcast. And it was fascinating to know how she got into content creation and social media. And she owns her own agency. And she is back home in Cleveland where she grew up. She was in Charleston, in New York, in LA. It was really cool to hear her story and get to know more about her and everything that makes up who she is and how she got to where she is because no one's path is linear. You guys know that better than anyone if you listen to the podcast and I've been listening to her for a while now. And it's really cool to see that people who have so-called made it on social media, we don't know all of the story. We don't know everything. We don't see the behind the scenes but it's cool to dive in and get candid on it and see how their story and their past has led them to where they are and how they use the lessons in their past every single day nowadays. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Anastasia and she has so much valuable insight and information, especially on social media, but on so much more. And I feel like she's like a big sister mentor to me and of course style inspo and I love her so much. I hope you guys enjoy meeting Anastasia and getting to know her. Thank you guys so much for listening again and I will see you all next week. Meet Anastasia. Anastasia, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? I think what I've realized now about myself is like my, I hate to say perfectionism because it's not like I need things to be so perfect, but like I can't turn off until my checklist and my things are done. And this is like a new thing that I've developed over the last few years. I've just, I've kind of evolved into this like slightly type A person. And I think it's because of my business. Like it all is like on my shoulders and I feel the weight of that now. So like, I can't, I have this very like bubbly, goofy side. And like, I, I think for the most part, people kind of pick up on that on social, but this like type A, like getting things done until like whatever time and like color coding, double checking like that. I think people, it surprises people when it comes out. They're like, I did not think you were like that, but like I had to be. <laughs> No, it makes total sense because you are a very creative person, but the, and we were just talking about this off air, but once you decide you are a creative person, but when you decide to make that your business, you have to start being a lot more business minded. And that requires a lot more organization to put it mildly. And so I feel you on the, the to-do list and stuff. Like I, I like have the notes app on my phone and I live and die by my to-do list. And if like, there's certain things that will roll over to the next day, but like I need to at least get like the majority of it done before I I feel like, okay, like today, like I was productive and it sucks because sometimes you need to just like not do those things, but I feel you on that, the, the type A personality. Um, but I think it comes yeah. with running a business, which we're going to talk all about, but yeah, for those who don't know you, which I don't know what they're doing with their lives if they don't know you, because I feel like you're everywhere on social media. What led you to starting sharing your life on social media? When did it come about? Were you, was it high school, college? 
And yeah, where were you in your life and decided to start sharing it on social media? I distinctly remember being a senior in college. This was like Instagram came out my freshman year of college. So it was still very, very new. And there was like a few girls who started blogging on Instagram. And I remember just sitting in my apartment and just like feeling this connection to that. I'm like, I want to do that so bad. Like I was a fashion major at the time and like the doors that social media opened didn't even exist in that moment. Like when I decided I wanted to be a fashion major and whatever. It's so crazy. Um, where did you go to school? But it came out when I was a junior in high school. So I'm like a couple years younger than you, but it's so crazy just how much the world has changed in the last like 10, 15 years. Social media had to do a big part of it. Like crazy. It's crazy. Truly. I went to Ohio University. So go Bobcats. It was the best. It was the best. I, I had the best college experience ever. I loved it. I loved it. But I was a fashion major. So I was going down this path of something that I always thought I wanted to do. So I was working fashion week and I was doing internships in New York and LA and like going down this very um, corporate type of career, which hindsight was the best thing I ever did because I feel like I learned so much structure in like a bigger corporate setting. Um, So like that part was nice and it was still had this like creativity to it, but I just had this like burning passion. I'm like, I just want to like hit the ground running. I want to do it big. And like, I felt so many barriers, like starting from the beginning. And I think so many people do that. It's just the nature of that age where we're just like, you're just so excited. You want to like dive into everything, but you're just getting started. So like you kind of have to like take the steps and learn. And so I remember seeing these girls and I'll never forget my favorite blogger at the time was Sincerely Jules. She was just like everything to me. I'm like obsessed with her. I loved her style. I connected to it. And she like had maybe like a million followers or something, which was mind blowing to me. I'm like, how does this, like, how is this happening? I'm like, I want to do that so bad. It was just always like a, a, a burning passion. And then it wasn't until like two years later, maybe, maybe it was the next year after I graduated, I was like, I can do this for fun. And then I started to like kind of stylize my posts and start a website and the blog kind of began there. It was as soon as I left college, I think I was just too nervous to do it with all of like my friends around me at that time. It was just like, as soon as I left, I I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I did. And it kind of took off from there. Yeah, that's funny that you say Sincerely Jules is like the girl that you really like remember because you guys kind of have a similar style or I wouldn't say like your aesthetic, but like your style is very similar. Um, so that's funny that that's your inspiration it was from the very beginning. Um, totally. Yeah. I totally connected with her like casual, cool. I'm like, oh my God, I love like this is me. I love it. And so that was like so inspiring to me. I'm like, this girl is just killing it. And like, we, I, I feel the same way about like putting my looks together and like, we, we definitely, I've definitely like grown into totally myself from there, but it was so cool to see someone who has such a similar aesthetic to me at the, in the time, just yeah. like crushing it. At something I didn't even know it was possible. I know that's so crazy. And I want to talk a little bit about that. You said you did internships in New York and LA. And then I know at some point you ended up in Charleston before coming back to Ohio. So can you talk a little bit about what 
those internships were like, how did you get these internships for anyone who wants to work in fashion and who does like that corporate world, which I'm glad you mentioned it was the best thing for you at the time, because I think everyone is so gung-ho, like be an entrepreneur, start your own business, but like you need to have that foundation. You need to learn those skills. So like, it's okay to still go the corporate route and then decide that that's not for you. So I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, for someone who wants to get into fashion, what does that entail? What was that like? So I was relentless. I would stalk LinkedIn. I would stalk websites, like contact me. And I would search like, is there any any email address for like an internship or a marketing director or just something I could get my hands on? And I would send an email and like explain that I was, you know, a junior in college and I really wanted an internship. I love the brand. I would love to represent it. And I just like, I just gushed over these brands and like eventually, and then I would follow up and I would follow up. And I I literally was relentless. Like you have to be looking back on it. I'm like embarrassed, but at the same time, I'm like, that's what you needed to do because why would they pick some girl up from Athens, Ohio, which is like a blimp on a map. No one's even heard of it uh, when they're in New York and LA. So it was kind of like, I knew I had to work extra hard to even get my email seen, let alone an interview and this and that. So I really, I really took a lot of time and like took the time to customize emails and make them feel very personal. And you know, a lot, 90% of the time I didn't hear back. That's just the honest truth. So I don't want to set expectations of like, and then that was it. Like it was a lot of silence and crickets. And then eventually someone responds and yeah, I didn't have these like connections to get there. So my first internship was, I was in New York City, it was for Steve Madden, which was like a dream internship for me. I was a junior in college, it was for the whole semester, um, and that one I, I landed from like a, they had, someone had come into one, a class and speak about this internship that they've done it before, and I like waited after class to talk to them, like I would love to do this, is there any way they're interviewing again, and sure enough, they're like, yeah, they're going to reopen it, and one thing led to another. I moved to New York. I was there for like six months for that internship. And it was like, it was the Devil Wears product. Like I'm like carrying bags that are literally the size of me on each shoulder, pouring down rain in New York City. Cause we, it was like shoes and accessories. So they'd be stuffed with just like samples that I would have to physically walk to some of these stores that carried us, carried the brand. And I'm like, this is insane. Like this is not what I thought a fashion internship was going to be. And it was just all a ton, a ton of work and like literal physical labor, but you know, it humbles you, keeps you grounded. You're like, I still want it. I'm still going, I'm going to work harder. So it was awesome. And then I always had my eyes on LA. I really wanted to go there. I just felt this, like I needed to be there and I had never been before. And I'm like, I just need to go. I need to go there. And I applied for an internship at BCBG, which was like my dream internship ever. I just, I was obsessed with the brand. I, I loved it. I worked retail there, um, like throughout college. So I hounded them like crazy and I got on the phone and one of the, and the girl that was supposed to hire me, she was super sweet. And she's like, you know, I just had bad experiences with interns. I just don't, I don't want to do it again. You seem really nice, but you know, I'm sorry, this is just, it's not going to end up happening. And I was like devastated. I'm like, oh my God, it's so sad. I have to go back to Cleveland and like just work and stay at my parents' house. And it was just not what I wanted to do for myself. So I did, I went home and then like two weeks later, I got a phone call with an LA area code and 
my heart dropped and I was like, oh my God, this is it. They're calling me back. I'm going. And like, it, it was, I just like, I, I just felt it. I'm like, this is the phone call I've been waiting for, for my whole life. <laughs> and they're like, can you be here in two weeks? And I was like, yes, I had nothing planned. No, no car, no place to stay. Like, I was just like, yes, I'll be there. I booked a ticket. My parents like sent me on my way. I just showed up to LA by myself. I like stayed in a sorority house for a summer and it was amazing. It was the, it was like the most life-changing thing. I met my mentor there who I still talk to. And it was like, it was, I think I wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't just stay dedicated to what I wanted to do as far as like following up and talking to new people and seeing like where this could lead me. So if anyone is looking for an internship, like I said, it's, it's not easy. They're very competitive. This was also probably like, you know, seven years ago now or something like that. So I, I don't think too much has changed, but I would say like, you have to just want it so bad that you refuse. Like nothing else is acceptable until you get the the type of job you want. And that's kind of the mentality I've kept. Absolutely. No, I'm so glad you said that. I think nowadays, like you, you said it, you didn't have connections. It was your relentlessness, your persistence. And I think that is something that this generation, like, and I mean, I think the generation that's below us, but also even some people in our generation, like we're losing that. Where because, yeah. you know, because social media makes it seem like everything is so accessible and at your fingertips, people aren't willing to work for it as much anymore because it seems like it's just like, oh, like, let me just DM someone and I'm going to magically get this. Like, no, like you still need to work for it. You still need to reach out to them, put yourself out there and follow up. And LinkedIn is so, so important. It's so helpful. It could be on a DM. It could be in an email cold calling, like those things are still effective. Like you said, like this might've been seven years ago, but it's the same thing now and in any industry, you know, totally. no matter totally. what it is, not just fashion, but I'm really glad you, you brought that up. And I think, yeah, I can only imagine the physical labor that it goes into working in fashion, but if you love it, if it's met, if, if you genuinely love something, you're willing to go after, you're willing to do what it takes. And I think like you, you said that so perfectly. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, how did you end up in Charleston? What took you to Charleston? So I did one more stint in New York after LA. I bopped a lot. I was just like, wherever the job was, I was there. Um, so I went back to New York and I got a job in, I was primarily just fashion before. And then um, this job I accepted right out of college was for Victoria's Secret, their corporate offices in New York, but it was like PR and marketing. So that was, that was my first taste of marketing. And I was like, Oh, like, you know, amazing opportunity. I'm working for Victoria's Secret, but I was like a little bit like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've never done marketing before, but like, I guess I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> like it's gonna, why'd you accept that job? If you knew was PR marketing and not so much fashion, or did you not know? I felt like if they were willing to hire me, then they obviously believed that I could do this because it's not like I lied. And I was like, yeah, I've been in marketing for five years. I was like honest in my interview about my experience and this and that. And I think a lot of what I did was very, it wasn't so much like analytical, like going through data and that eventually came in my career, but this was very, it was a very creative and hands-on side of the marketing. Uh, we ran like the fashion show and did events. And it was like 
kind of a mix of mostly PR versus marketing. So I, I felt like I don't, honestly, I don't know how it happened. It just did. Oh, but it's like I, said, they saw something in you. They, they liked you. They were like, she can fit into the company culture. She would be good at this role. Like we'll teach her what she needs to know, but like, she'll be good here. And I think that's exactly. so because they like, it's so like, just cause you don't necessarily qualify fit the like job description doesn't mean you shouldn't apply if you want it badly enough just apply you you really never know what they're looking for that you might be what they're looking for and they don't even know it yet so I was just curious like since you said like it was more marketing that was your first taste which it ended up working out perfectly because that's kind of what you do now but you know yeah I I think my biggest um, thing was I was like moldable in every new job and every interview I had because I had no experience. I mean, I was 20, 21 years old. So like, what did I have to offer really? It's not like they're hiring me for my expertise in public relations. Like, but I was just hungry and willing to learn and willing to like mold into what they needed me to be in this role. And I knew like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything I need to know along the way. So I think that's, that's like a big tip that I've given really anybody, like my youngest sister's a senior in college now. And I'm like, you just have to do the dirty work in the sense of like, you're going to do things that don't seem fun, don't seem exciting, but like, you have to just be able to like fit into the mold and just soak it in and learn and, and do it because eventually like your dream job will come. Like, it's just, it's temporary. The instant gratification is not happening right away. Yeah. And that's the problem with I think just social media, the instant gratification and like the movies and stuff, especially anything in society, but yeah, it's temporary. Like I always say like, I don't like being put into a box and I don't, and I won't settle, but if I see the potential and I see the value in it, like I will, I'm willing to work hard to, to learn because I know I see the bigger picture. I see how that, that, whatever that is, is going to get me where I want to be. And I think you, you had the same foresight. And I think that's something that we're losing a lot. And it's something I talk about a lot on the podcast and my cross all my platforms is like, even, and we were talking about this off air, like just because right now what you're doing, like, doesn't make you happier. You seem like this isn't for you. Like, will it serve a bigger purpose? Is there a reason? Is there something that I'm going to get out of this will get me to where I want to be? And if that answer is yes, then stick by it. If it's not, then revisit. Like you're allowed to say like, this isn't for me. But if it it is, you just be moldable. I like that. Be moldable. I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, and I, I'm, yeah. and like non-linear, like you were going, you said you were bopping everywhere. I think that's super important. Like your first job out of college is not going to be your dream job. And I think that's another thing pe- people think of. They, they put so much pressure on getting the job out of college so you can start being an adult and making money and like being a big girl and all these things. And it's like, like, it's not good. It's nine times out of 10, if not all the time, a hundred percent of the time, it's not going to be your dream job. So like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just be multiple. I love that. Be multiple. Be willing to just learn. Um, so that's, that was like my, I, I, lasted not very long there. I was so unhappy and it wasn't even about the job. Honestly, the job was so cool. It was really amazing. Um, but New York was just not for me. I was like, okay, now that I saw that this was like, this is it. Like it was fun for six months because I knew I was leaving in six months and it was like spring and it was summer and it was fun and cute. And I was like living my best college life just in New York. So it was a different taste when I was there paying my bills living and breathing New York. And I realized like very quickly that, um, I can't, I got, I had to get out. I signed like a, I think it was like a six month lease. And as 
it's like a temporary situation to while I was looking for like a more permanent apartment in New York. And as soon as that lease ended, I was like out of there. I'm like, I, I just, it was a temporary, you didn't have to even worry about that. Something was like meant to be because that like happened so perfectly for me. It was like no commitment, no commitments, just clean cut. I, I was out of there. I was sad to leave a job that early. That's like, that's probably my only regret I think I've ever had is like, I've never just like quit. I'm not a quitter. And I felt like I kind of quit on that, but you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I was um, to say everything happens for a reason and it all worked out. So yeah, now you ends up in Charleston, which I've never been to, but I'm dying to go. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, well, I moved back home with my parents and I started dating a guy and he was actually in law school in Charleston. Um, so we did like distance for a year. I was visiting Charleston all the time and I became obsessed with it. I'm like, I just, I love this place. It was, and like LA was always on my mind and in my heart, but it just felt like I just made this massive move back from New York. I'm exhausted. I can't like, I, I was nervous to like fail and feel like I would hate it there. And it was just like so many things where Charleston felt like I got the taste of LA living like on the beach and it was like so warm and beautiful. And I got a job at Forbes in marketing. So then I just kind of carried on with marketing. I'm like, I love this. This is great. Um, and, and I was like, on the side, so you got to still do your fashion thing on your personal exactly. side and then you were doing marketing at work. I think I love that. That's a great, yeah. Great I felt like I filled the void with my blog. I'm like, you know, I never let go of fashion. I would have probably never allowed myself to fully let go of it. That's just, it's been in my DNA since I've been born. I've been obsessed with clothes and styling and like fashion. So I, I had that. And then I had the marketing side of things where it was like the worst job I ever had truly. <laughs> like uh, the, I, I hated this job and I was there for like two and a half years and it was miserable and I was miserable and it was all just like not good. But you know, it was super important that I was there and I knew that I was learning so much. And I just kept reminding myself, like, this is not forever. You do not, you're not going to be here forever. You just have to go in, do what you got to do. Like until, until something, and I knew I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to do marketing, but I was so nervous to like launch on my own. So it was kind of like, I had this mentality of learn everything, learn the best practices, learn what's obviously not working and why you're so miserable and don't do that, <laughs> like carrying on into your own business. Um, so I feel like I took the pieces that I needed to. And um, like two years later, there was like a massive layoff. They pretty much laid off our entire marketing department. It was like 50 people got laid off. It was wild. Um, but our company was bought out by someone else. And so you just like kind of expect these things when like there's a buyout that unfortunately people are going to lose their jobs. And that was, I was one of them. Um, and that was like the next day I started my business. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. That was it. I That's just, awesome. No, I, I'm so glad you said that it was the worst job you've ever had, but it was so important for you to have that job again, instant gratification. Like you're going to have to go through those hard days and hard seasons and years and years, but you, yeah. but you took all of those previous experiences and when the opportunity presented itself, you were like, you know what? I'm ready now. I can do this. And that launched you into what you're doing now, but you had the fashion thing going on the side. And mm -hmm. yeah. So at that point, two years, 
two, two and a half years, you get laid off. Is that when you moved back to Cleveland or did you stay in Charleston when you first launched Savo Social? Can you talk uh, a little bit about the process of building your own company? Totally. Yes. So the, the plan was always from the beginning, moving to Charleston, that we were going to move home because he had finished law school. He was, I think law school was what, three years? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you would know. Um, so we, and we were both from Cleveland. So it, the plan was always like, unless either one of us was so obsessed with Charleston and like, this is it, then we would have a conversation, but we were both definitely ready to move back to Cleveland. Um, and I got laid off and started Savo social June of 2019. And the plan was always to move back to Cleveland, August of 2019. So it was kind of like the timing really worked out well in a sense that like, I wasn't going to be there super long. And I knew that when I was home, I felt like comfortable, like in Cleveland that I can, I can just like kind of go with this. And like, I don't know, Cleveland has this energy to it. That is just, you feel like you could do anything here. Like there's so many creatives, people are so supportive and like the community factor in Cleveland is unlike I've ever seen literally anywhere. So I've always had this like pride of being from here. So coming back in just a few months after I launched my business, I was like, this is where I need to be like really putting all my efforts in. I'm going to be home. I'm going to have like the people that I love surrounded by. And like, there's so many people I want to meet that since I've been gone, I haven't. And it was just like a really exciting time for me. So I, I feel like Charleston set me up to launch and then like, I, I was able to do it there, like no distractions. I had literally, it was just me in my apartment, like grinding out how I was going to set up the business. And then once, as soon as I moved home, it was like, I was ready to hit the ground running. I'm like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do this. And it's been three years now. June will be three years. So that's so exciting. Congrats on three years. Yeah. I'm at the same point in my life right now. Like I moved to law school thinking like I knew, I I never, I've never been to Cleveland and I'm, I want to go, but um, to, to, to go to that, but I knew Knoxville wasn't where I was going to end up. Like, and I didn't know if it was going to be Nashville, didn't know if it was going to be Charlotte, DC, um, same thing. I love New York, but I personally know that that's not a place for me. So I'd never considered it truly. I looked at DC, Charlotte, Nashville, like other big cities um, East coast kind of South. Cause I'm from Miami and I was like, I want to be in the more mild weather, um, that kind of thing. But it wasn't until like, I came to law school and I really experienced leaving Florida for the first time. I was like, no, I meant to be in Florida and, you know, I'm about to graduate now in two months. And then I move home in two months to, and I start studying for the bar. And then come September, I really get to launch my career and my life. And I just, there's something about Miami for me, the way you were talking about Cleveland, like that's how it is for me. Like, I don't know if it's because it's where I'm from or just the energy of the city, the culture, the vibe, but I'm like, this is exactly where I need to be to launch the career and the life that I want for myself. And like, I'm laying the groundwork now through all of my social media platforms. And, you know, yesterday I formed an LLC and I filed the EIN and like I did, like I'm doing the stuff. So when that time comes, I'm ready to launch. And it's some kind of at that similar point that you were three years ago. It'd be crazy to see what happens in the next three years. Um, so much will change. But but that's really cool and that's really exciting. And I think 
yeah, it just, it's funny how timing really just like, we all like want things to happen now or like, no, I can't do this because this has to happen. So like, I'll do it in five months. And it's like, when it's supposed to happen for you, like it's going to happen and you just have to like do the work, but also just know that like life's going to throw things at you and you're just going to have to run with it and it'll all work out the way that it's meant to. I could not agree with you more. I'm such a believer in like, it, it's the cheesiest line ever, but like, I really feel like everything happens for a reason. And like, you can make a plan and good luck if your plan works out exactly the way you want it to, because like, when has it literally ever? Like, I just, it and, and then you like- I feel like if it did, because like life is like, yeah. life has its hard days. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, like some of the curveballs are kind of fun. Like- random like yeah. you got to experience New York got to experience LA you got to experience Charleston you you know you lived life you learned about yourself you grew as a person and then you took all of those things with you into who you are now and I would not be who I am today had I not come to law school at this particular time in my life you know with the situation globally like what's going on in the world like you know the person I was like I was talking about this earlier like the person I was at the beginning of law school the person I am now like are two completely different people and I wouldn't be that person had life not thrown things my way the way that it did. So I'm, I agree. I, it is cheesy, but like, it's, it's just so freaking true. So freaking true. Like it, it, there's no other way to describe it. (laughs) There's really not. But so what was it like this whole time you, you know, you were working for Victoria's Secret in New York, you decided, you know, don't like this. You went home for a little bit, decided to move to Charleston. You were working there for a couple of years this whole time you were blogging, you had your fashion thing on the side. How were you balancing running Savo and Junior blog and your social media platforms, you know, your Instagram? And I don't know if you were on any other platforms at that time. I don't think yeah. they existed the way that they do now. While you're working in marketing and then deciding, okay, I'm going to launch my business, you launched. And how did you kind of balance the Savo and June and Savo social part of your lives? Um, you know, Balance is a funny word. (laughs) I have yet to discover a better way to ask that question. (laughs) And I know, and but I also feel like it's something that everyone is striving for. And I was talking to my boyfriend now about this, and it's like my highs are so high, and my lows sometimes are so low, and they will be days apart. Like one day I will feel like I did it all. I am like invincible. I'm a super woman. Like I, I checked all my things off on, with my clients. I created content. I threw a TikTok up there. I had a phone call. I went grocery shopping. I cleaned. I did like, I'm like, wow. Like, I didn't even know I'm capable of all these things. This is sick. I hope I can do this tomorrow. Tomorrow rolls around. And I'm like, what? Putting out fires left and right. Like everybody hates me. I feel like I'm like, what? What happened yesterday when I, when everything was like perfect? You're literally <laughs> preaching to the choir. Like, how how is this within twenty four hours? Like I just I don't understand. So like balance doesn't exist, and it's like you. I just really truly appreciate the good days when I have them, and I have learned that I'm the type of person, and my boyfriend will attempt, attest to this, and he has to always remind me. He's like, you can't you're too much of an empath. Like when someone comes back to you and like says something or you get an email at like 11 PM and I'm like triggered. I'm like, Oh my God, who emailed me? What do they need? What do I have to do? And I'm like, my whole body freezes up. He's like, it's okay. Like not everyone 
is like needing something all the time. Like sometimes people are just working and they need to do that. And I'm like, you're right. Like I have to get out of my head. And sometimes like it's the nature of the, of the work I'm in, but like you're working with a lot of different personalities who at the end of the day, they really all care about their businesses, but sometimes like, it's just not the right fit. And people expect a lot out of you in a sense of like, I am your 24 hour, seven days a week on call employee. And I, I too need to like rest. And I feel like I've learned not necessarily balance, but boundaries. And I'm like, okay, well, look, if you need this and this done on the weekend, we're going to need to set up a schedule where you send it to me by Friday and I will get it scheduled. I will get it done. So it'll be working on the weekend, but I am not working for you at 8 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, because that is the life I was living at, at one time, at one point. So I've just gotten stronger about boundaries and that has helped in turn with balance. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I agree. Balance doesn't exist. It's a myth. And I think navigating it is a better word, um, but it's just like, it doesn't flow as nicely, which is the whole point, I think, of the concept of balance. Like it just doesn't go together as nice. Like we, we expect it to be this pretty picture of like, nine to five and you know five to nine is this and then but like it's not every day is different it's gonna change and depends on the season your life of life you're in and there's so many other factors and I think it's just you know boundaries and learning to roll with the punches like we said but what was like building Savo in June first let's talk a little bit about the blogging side of things and the crazy incredible community that you built on Instagram primarily and your blog and, you know, what that was like, you know, the first couple of years yeah. of, of running that as a business, because you, you were always doing it as a business. Um, you know, it, it is a business from day one. So what was that really like? And what are lessons you've learned that from, from the whole process? Yeah, I've learned a lot, a lot about myself and how I handle things, but also I feel like I totally didn't answer your question before about like balancing the blog and work. And I feel like this will kind of like tie it together is like, I didn't balance them. And I was like, obviously so much more passionate about my personal brand and my blog than I was about the marketing job I hated. So like I was writing blog posts on my lunch break or like sometimes not on my lunch break. And yeah, like, you know, if there was like a lull in work, I'm like updating my stuff and like getting it ready. Like I just couldn't wait. I wanted like every ounce I of my time I wanted to spend on this. So that was when I realized like, I need, this is obviously a passion of mine I've had for years and I need to find a way that I can have both. And I think that was what Savo Social gave me was like, I was able to have clients that I got to choose and that I connected with and it, they weren't just handed to me, which was like great because I learned how to handle clients. But like, it was amazing to just work with people I connected with right off the bat and it made everyone's work better and easier. So it gave me that, but it also gave me the flexibility to work on my own schedule and I can do blog stuff and I can do this. And it was like interchangeable. And I wasn't worried that like someone's creeping over my shoulder and like, you know, keeping track of everything I was doing. And that was like, not the vibe I liked. And I, that was, it's so millennial of me to be like, yeah, like I just did not like working nine to five, but like I didn't, I hated it. I, it was awful. So people that, you know, there are jobs out there that people need to do. And for some people, the 24 seven life isn't for them. So it's just, it's a personal, it's a personal thing. If there's not one size fits all. 
So I'm glad you said that. I totally agree. I totally agree because I now work a hundred times harder than I did at my nine to five, but it feels like I work a fourth of the, of the time I do. Like it's because I love it. And like, I'm, I never turn it off, but growing, I think your question was, how did I like, how did it grow or how did we get to how the point we, that we're at? How did you become an influencer and like the blog and how did that, because you, Savo Social came from your marketing side, but yeah. how did yes. the influencer side kind of grow into what it is today? So I started with the like posting of my outfits and like a website, maybe like a few years back. This is like me being in Charleston now. And um, it kind of started to take off there. And I was like growing, it was slow, but I was like excited because I saw growth. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I have 8,000 followers. Like, this is awesome. I'm like, I can't believe, imagine 8,000 people in front of me. And I used to always think of it like that. Like, I wouldn't even know what to do. That's like, so many people. And it just kind of like makes it real because I think people get really distracted in numbers and like, well, I haven't grown in this much or, and like, I'm still here. It's like, like hey. a thousand followers is a thousand people in front of you. Like that's yes. insane. So, you that's know, impactful. It's, the definition yeah. of an influencer, like it can, like if your friends are asking you, where did you get that shirt? And you tell them like you are influencing them to buy that shirt. It's three people and you are an influencer. It doesn't matter the number. So I'm really glad. Right. There's no like benchmark of like, oh, well, you didn't hit 10,000. So you're not an influencer. Like that's not real. So we need to not have that as a mentality. Um, and I think that me, it's a long game to not think that way because it's going to take a little bit longer. Maybe it's not, but like in my case, like it took, it took some time to kind of grow and it was steady, but it was slow. But I think what was really happening that I found the most value in, and to this day, I find the most value in is this community kind of became so amazing. And like, I feel so fortunate that the people that I get to share some of these things with. And sometimes it's lighthearted and it's like my favorite pair of jeans. And then sometimes it's deeper. And just the fact that like, we all relate and can like swap like links and like, oh, I found this or or, like, this is on sale now. Like you should let them know. It's like, that is so rewarding to me. And I think that I don't care how many followers I have. And like, I, I, I literally don't, I cannot grow one more person until the rest of time. And I would be so happy if my community stayed the way it did with like how genuine and supportive and sweet and smart and amazing everyone is. That is like, that's where your value is. And I think that it's important to let people know that so that they feel seen too, because like they're reaching out to a stranger essentially. Like they don't really know me. It's not like we're like getting coffee and we, you know, share shirts, like you said. It's like, it's, it's kind of intimidating to talk to somebody you don't know. So like, I, I'm always very like grateful and appreciative of like just conversation because it's nice to have someone to relate to. Yeah. I think it's so important that you brought up community, which is something that I think we should all strive for over numbers. That's, that's how you stay relevant, which is so stupid that that's even a concept that we need to teach people because like, it should come like you should be doing this because you genuinely love it, not for the numbers, not for the money. Because if your audience, like they know if you're passionate, you're really passionate about it. They'll, it, you can spot it from a mile away, the people that aren't really genuine. And like, that's become such a like buzzword authenticity, but like mm-hmm. you can tell that you're doing it because you really love it. And that's why you have been able to succeed in this industry and grow the way that you have 
by building that community, which is personally what I'm striving for by building that community, because I would not, it's like, you know, we always hear it takes a village. Like this community that we're building is the village. Like that's the, you know, for ourselves, like it doesn't stop when we turn 18, like, and we're not kids anymore. Like I I'm, so I'm really glad you brought up the community and how important that is to you and that you have to foster the community that you do have. And that you will grow from there because it's word of mouth and it will spread because they yeah. come that like Anastasia shared this if you would really like her when they meet someone new and they're going to come mm-hmm. to you and that's how it's going to spread versus like I don't know yeah TikTok. yeah, yeah. like the quick fixes yeah no totally it just it's and it's just yeah it's it's not and I think that it's oh, being patient with yourself and like I don't think it's a bad thing to want to grow. Like, let's not get things like, you know, whatever it's, it is important because that's like, obviously you're doing something right. And like, you're reaching people by growing and like, you're connecting. So like, it's, it's all right. But like, let's make sure that the focus isn't just there. Like, what are you offering people? Like, what is it advice? Is it um, tips? Is it like, you know, just inspiration? it doesn't matter like how big or small it is, but if, and if enough people feel that and you're genuinely putting it out there for that reason, like you're going to see growth. It's just a matter of time and like the effort and that you put in, because I could have given up, you know, years ago at, at 10 K and I just like, I felt like I, I stalled for like a few years. I just like, wasn't growing. I was like kind of the same. And I like got really down on myself. I'm like, you know, I guess this is just what it is. And then I reminded myself like, this is 10,000 people. Like this is a community. So like the second I let go of that and I wasn't so focused anymore on like, oh, like what's happening? Like, why aren't I growing anymore? It all just fell into place because it was just like, I loosened up. I was more myself on social. Um, and you just kind of like learn a lot of things along the way. The more you open up to, it's an entirely different topic, but like, just like letting go of that, that like pull, it was like, the universe was like, okay, now you can have it. Like now you appreciate it. And you here are the people we've been waiting for kind of thing. I love that. I'm so happy. Like, I love that you just said that. And I think, yeah, I'm not bashing like people who want to grow. I think it is important and totally. we're able to stay to sustain it as a business, but there needs to be, yeah, like you said, offering value. There needs to be a bigger reason, another reason why you're doing it, not just numbers and money. That's the part that's not sustainable. And I think. I like that you said that, that the universe was like, okay, now you appreciate it. Like, all right, I'm going to give you what you've been working for. Cause I see that you're putting in the work and you just, you can't just coast. Like you have to continue working and evolving and sharing and yeah, what you, as you know, we started this, like I started this when I was 19, 20, I'm sure you're on the same age. Like you evolved now it's been several years. Like you're not that person anymore. And like your audience is going to change because you're changing and what you're sharing changes. And you know, it's fun to, you know, one day be all lighthearted and funny. The next day talk about something like darker, deeper, which is why I started the podcast to have these more deeper in-depth conversations with people and help inspire people because Instagram isn't always the place for that. And, you know, I want to be able to talk about the fun and lighthearted things too, but I think, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. And another thing you kind of touched on, like, you know, it's hard to balance, navigate. It's not sustainable and you're you you stalled and it it really it hurt it felt like it you were stuck for a few years and it it didn't feel good what 
And you know what, when did you really start getting into wellness and to start thinking about it more so as like, what can I do to help myself be that person online that people want to be around, people want to see, how can I serve my community better? You know, when did the wellness thing kind of start coming about? Because you are a big fan of Pilates, which actually you were one of the people who inspired me to start Pilates. But yeah, when did the wellness thing come about? I think I I was always attracted to a healthy lifestyle, but like, I didn't really care. I was like 19. I was like, it wasn't, I was still in my college mindset of, I want to be healthy and I want to work out, but like, I wasn't really, I was just kind of like dabbling in things. And like, the idea was always there. It was always a goal. And then, um, when I moved to Charleston, I just, I think it was the mix of like leaving and I was in a relationship that I was kind of like hindsight. I see that I was like getting ready to like get out of. Um, and there was just a lot of life changes happening all at once. And I was in a job I did not like, and I just went through like a spell of really bad anxiety for like, it was like two years of just like crazy. I couldn't sleep. I was like literally making myself sick. Like my stomach was always in knots. Like it was rough. It was really rough. And that was the first time I think I, I ever like felt like, okay, I need to make a change. I really need to do something because I cannot live every day like this. This is literally unhealthy. Like I was so just wound up with nerves. So I leaned into the things that I had always wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, like, let's start doing this. Like, let's make a change. You're 23 now. You're not 21. You're not partying anymore. Like you used to, like, you know, this is the time. So I really, I did like all the things I was like green juice queen, yoga every day, journaling at 5 a.m., wake up when the sun comes up. Like I was like doing the absolute most and I obviously needed it at the time. And that was great. And like, I, I loved it. And I just felt like all this like energy I was putting into my anxiety, I was able to just put elsewhere. Um, and I did find that I was able to like find some balance there, but what I really wasn't seeing was like, I had to get out of my work situation. It was just making me crazy. I was like, I, it was super unhealthy. So once I left that, I felt like, okay, this is, this is balance. And like, I was able to just like be light and enjoy things. Cause I had this like weight off me. Um, so that's when I started Pilates. It was something I always wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm on this journey of like doing things that I've always said I'm going to do. So I started it and I've been doing it ever since. And I'm still love my green juices. And I don't know, it's something for me that like, I don't feel as forced. It really is like, I just love these things. Like I, I love, I've realized when I work on the inside, it all just kind of like comes together. Like I feel better. My skin's better. I'm nicer. I've got energy. I'm like more like bubbly. And it's just like, I, I've just, I like the way that feels. I like feeling good and being at my best. And so now it's just become a, like a part of my life. Like I, these are the things that I choose to invest in and spend my money in. And I know Pilates is expensive. And it's a question I get all the time. Like, how do you do Pilates like three times a week? And it's like, well, there's just other things I don't do now. Like, this is what I want to put my energy in because it's like therapy for me. Like it literally, I feel amazing when I'm done. I'm working out, I'm moving my body. Like it's very mind body too. So it's, I think that's a part of like growing up a little bit for me. Like at least my experience was just like, find what works for you. And like, you can figure out a way to do it. It doesn't have to be like, 
it's it's intimidating in that sense. Like baby steps will will get you far, I guess. One hundred percent. And it's so funny that you brought up, you know, you're doing all the things and you were doing the absolute most, and it kind of is like reminiscent of the that girl trend that's all over the place. Yes. And but then the whole I think the best way to approach the that girl trend is do all those things for a little while to see what actually feels good for you and what you enjoy. Take what you want and leave the rest. And that's ultimately what you ended up doing. And and I, I've done the same thing. I was never into to it as hardcore as like TikTok makes it out to be. And maybe those people aren't either, but that's the image they're portraying, which is a whole nother topic. I think it's really important to note that you know, you don't do those everything like that anymore, but you took the things that helped you and that you do enjoy and you do that periodically, but you do, you listen to your body more. You're doing it more like what feels good to you because you can't pour from an empty cup, but if you are fulfilled and happy, you can project that outwardly and be there for your community and for your family and friends in your personal life as well. So I think- uh, I, as you were saying that, that's what I was thinking of. And I was like, this is like a perfect place to say that because I'm honestly just really tired of seeing that stupid trend. You know, I would say too about the that girl trend. I, I, I see these and I'm like, oh my God, like I was that girl before the that girl trend came out. Like I, I was like every day and it was almost like a little bit culty, which people say on TikTok too. And I'm like, yes, it is like, it's like this like thing. It's like these like wellness coaches and like, I love it. I get it. Like you, you know, they're not spreading anything wrong, like, but it's just like way too much. And I was like, Oh my God, if I'm not up in journaling by 5am before the sun comes up, like my day's wrong. Like that is not it. Like, so, but those things, like I was doing all those things where now I feel like okay, when I feel like a, a spell of anxiety kind of coming my way, or I feel like I'm really working through hard shit that life throws at you. I'm like, okay, I pull out my journal and I journal then, but I don't feel like, cause th- it helped me a lot in that moment. And then in that time of my life that now it's like, it's a mechanism I have, but I don't feel like if I didn't wake up in journal at 5am before the sun came up, then like I started my day on the wrong foot. So it's like, yeah, it's a tool in your toolbox, but you don't have yes. to use every single one every single day. And yeah, I it's okay. And it's okay to not do. And it's also okay to just that day literally do nothing. Like going back to like the beginning where we're talking about to do lists and stuff. Like it's okay one day to be really, really productive and get everything checked off. But it's also okay to some days be like, I can't do this and just throw it out the window and like listen to your body. Um, yeah. But oh my that girl and just like TikTok in general is very culty. And like, I know, I know why it's popular and I know why it does so well for ROI and all these things. But like, I'm just, I'm an Instagram girl at heart. I feel like you, you feel me on that. Like, I just, I like that it's more personal and like, not so culty. Honestly, it's the best way to put it. It But yeah, so I'm staring at your house in the background and it is stunning. So can you talk a little bit about how you developed your personal style and your interior style? Cause you talk a lot about that as well on Savo and June and also on Instagram. So yeah, where did your personal style come from? Uh, well, thank you. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, I, you know, I feel like I've really leaned in and like found my stride over the last like few years, especially I've been in my apartment now for 
a little over a year and I just, it was like the best thing I ever did for myself was like get my own place and just let it all be mine and like decorate it the way I wanted to make it as girly as I possibly want, because like, I probably won't be able to do that always, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I would say like, I'm, I'm super inspired by my culture. I mean, my family is still very much like in Greece and we go to Greece very often. And then there's this like light Mediterranean like thing that just makes me feel so at home. And at the same time, I love like these earthy kind of like wabi-sabi Japanese vibes too. And I just kind of like have blended them together in a sense that I just, it, it makes me feel so Zen and yeah. It's kind of where it comes from. Yeah, no, I love Greece. I've been once and it was incredible. Um, You talk about it a lot on your platforms. And I'm just, every time, like you were there not too, like a couple of years ago, I think when I first started following you, you were there or you had just come back and you were sharing it. And I was like, I want to go back. Like, this looks amazing. And do like the other islands, not the super commercial ones. Cause I was on a cruise. So it's a little different, yeah. but when I go back and experience it for real. Cause I love immersing myself in the culture. And I love that you use those elements from back home and your family to really help you in. And yeah, like you said, be Zen. And like, I, I love that you also you curated a style that's uniquely your own and blending two different styles that appeal to you instead of just going for the cookie cutter what's on Pinterest and what's on Instagram because I think you do a really good job of you know people always ask you for inspo for home or for an event or for an outfit or whatever and it's like you take inspiration but it's uniquely your own in your personal style of clothing as well and I think that's something I really leaned into more in the last couple months and I'm really working on just you know, not copying people, not just to not copy them, but also like, does it actually like feel good? Does it look good on me? Do I like how I look in this? Do I like how I feel mm-hmm. in this space? And, you know, I have rearranged my room a lot in the last few months as well for the same reasons. Um, so I'm, I, I like your, your take on it, but yeah. So what are some wardrobe basics and like shops that you like, those are your, top places like you shop at for any season or for any event like where do you go to for and for inspo I'm still a Pinterest junkie I have been on Pinterest since it came out and I've never I've never slowed down I just love it it's a visual if you're a visual person like how can you not like Pinterest it's just so like and I love building a board and I'm like okay this is like going with my board like I get crazy with it of course I take it to like you know the hundredth degree but I find so much inspiration from there. And I, and it's just like, I feel like I can create the moment, but like you said, kind of just like always in your own way too. And like, it's okay. If you see an outfit you love and you want to recreate that outfit, like recreate the outfit. And if you feel amazing in it, then go ahead, wear it around. Like, it's not like you're bumping into that girl. Like it's okay. I, I like, I feel like it's okay, especially when you're getting started. And then like, naturally you will just, put your own spin on things. You'll find things that fit you better. You'll see what works and what doesn't. And like, you'll go from there. I feel like there's a lot of times where with like influencers, I'm going on like a little bit of a tangent, but I promise it'll be quick that they get like (laughs) a little bit offended. If like something is like being copied, but like, that's your job. Like you're there to inspire and you're there to put outfits together and share them with people. So like imitation is the serious form of flattery guys. Like, you know, 
but I mean, just like, I, I, yeah, like what I was saying, it's like, it's okay to copy and like to take inspiration and recreate outfits. But if you don't feel yourself in it, it's just don't do it again. Or like take the elements again, take right. the parts that you like and leave the parts you don't. And that's yes. kind of like what you were talking about with, you know, your interior inspo. And for me with my wardrobe style, like I'm just, you know, I was really gung ho into one certain sound. I'm like, mm, but that's actually not, doesn't fit me. Yeah. I yeah. like these parts of it. So I think that's a really important note. But yeah, imitation is really the sincerest form of flattery. So like, yeah, I hate when people are like, oh, like someone copied me. It's like, it's literally the whole point of sharing your life online is to give people inspiration so they can live the best, their best lives the way that you are portraying your best life online. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like, I, it strikes a chord with me when I, when that happens, but it's okay. Um, but I would say like my, the shops, places like to go for basics. And I am like such a basics. I just love basics. I think it's like the best investment, the best way to just like let your like natural self show is through basics. But I love a mango. Mango's my absolute favorite. Mango is amazing. I love H&M affordable. You know, it's, it's fast fashion. And like, I do, I have this struggle with it too, of like, you know, I don't want to like shop too much fast fashion, but at the same time, like you, you can afford what you can afford. And if you take care of your clothes and you're like, you have them for as long as you can possibly have them, then like, that's the best that we're doing. And that's okay. I, that's kind of my standpoint on it. I know people like hate on it, but. No, I agree with that. I'm the same way. Yeah. Zara, uh, the same thing. Like maybe don't buy 35 things at Zara at one time, like buy some staples that are really great. I love Zara staples. Mango's going to be a little bit pricier, but also really great. And the other thing I love is I live on the real, real. I love, and this is like definitely more splurge investment pieces, but I love those like vintage one of a kind, like bags and shoes that like sometimes have literally never been worn and you're getting them for maybe like a hundred bucks and they're like a thousand dollar Jimmy shoes. So I like, I like a, a mix of high and low, I guess. No, I, I'm with you on everything you just said. And all of the places you said are also European fashion brands and makes sense. Greece is in Europe. Um, and yeah. I, <laughs> I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I get a lot of my inspiration from a lot of British girls, Italian, Spanish, just like other European countries, you know, even, um, even though I, I live in Florida 90% of the time, um, uh, what's it called? Sweden, like the Swit, uh, and like yes. girls in, in Sweden, like their style is so good. Um, Copenhagen, good I love Copenhagen fashion week, but I agree. I think it's okay to mix high and low. I think it's actually more fun that way. Um, I love high and low. I love the real, real, especially for unique and vintage pieces and also getting inspiration, seeing what's out there and then going to find it on in, in different ways, in different stores, because, and I think fast fashion is not a good thing all the time, but and, and although Zara and Mango and H&M are technically fast fashion, to me, fast fashion is like Sheen and like those places, like Fashion Nova and like Pretty Little, pretty little Thing. Like you won't catch me shopping there, but like Zara, like it is fast yeah. fashion, but like it's, it's elevated and it's, it's, they're taking direct inspo from the fashion houses, the major fashion houses without copying directly. Whereas 
other places are straight up ripping off. And I think there's that, that difference as well. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you. If you go in buying like 17 shirts from Shein, knowing you're literally going to wear them one time, like that's more the issue I have than like, okay, like, look, I don't have $5,000 to buy sustainable new wardrobe. Like it's what it's going to cost you. It's expensive. So like work within your budget, but do it with intention, like buy pieces that are going to last you. Like I have a Zara trench that I still get asked where it's from. And I've had it for like five years. And I think I paid like $49 for it, but like, it's, it's now like withstood it's, it's payment. Like, I don't know. It's like, no, I it's more intentional for me, you know? I agree. Actually, my phone background is, it says, uh, I see a certain life for myself and I won't stop until I get it. And at the bottom it says, but work with intention. I added that. So that just reminded me of, yeah, that's amazing. and also same thing with fashion. Yeah. You have to be intentional yeah. with everything in life. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, everything happens for a reason and timing, it all works out the way that it's meant to, but you're going to learn a little bit from every experience, you know, like good, bad, ugly, whatever, and just be intentional with those lessons that you learned in all aspects of your life. And fashion is, you know, fashion is the way that we express ourselves. So it makes sense to be intentional with that as well. And yeah, so for anyone who wants to start their own marketing company, you know, Savo Social. And there's a lot of people doing that now um, because the entrepreneur life is so attractive for a lot of the reasons that we discussed, you know, balance, so balance and just, you know, doing things that make us happy instead of doing things that are making us miserable. Um, A lot of people are going the entrepreneurship route for anyone who wants to start their own business especially in the social media and marketing PR space, what advice do you have for them? I would say it's really important. And this is going to just circle right back to the intention because that's, this is how the world works. We just kind of, everything comes together the way it should, but like really set off with intention, like take the time to write down on paper or type it out on your notes. Like what does your business model look like? How will you reach out to people? Who will you, who are your clients? Like, who's your ideal client? Um, what are the different tools you would like to use? And it's an exercise that I learned in college. We had to like build a brand and it has stuck with me ever since then. And it, with, with everything I do, I'm like, okay, who am I reaching? Who's my ideal person? And, you know, it. I look at my clients now and they're all different. They're, some of them are extremely creative. Some of them are law firms in in doctor's offices. And so it's not like you have to stay in your box, but just doing the work and putting the intention in of this is what my business is going to be. Like you're already setting yourself up for success rather than just posting it on Instagram and you're like, okay, and now my doors are open. Like, so then what? Like rather work through some of the kinks then and bring people in than like go through the kinks with them. And, And you're going to like, don't get me wrong. I do not have the most... I have worked through kinks, like you're going to, it's a business, but think about almost everything before you launch. It's what I did. I literally went through almost everything that I could. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I can launch. Yeah, I agree. I think so two things with that. So I'm, I agree with you, like go through everything because you want to have all your bases covered, you know, getting all of your documents in order, making sure you're, you know, any tax related things, any business entities that you have to form you know, having the systems 
not in place fully, but started. Like you can't just go in like started. You can't like start fast, like launch fast and adjust as you go. But like when you launch, have the basic idea of what you're doing and like have at least thought through it. Because if you just like I said, tomorrow I'm gonna start a marketing agency, I and just post it, like I have nothing. Like that's not launching fast and adjusting. That's literally just being reckless and stupid. Um totally. You have to like I agree, like. You have to just start, you know, done is better than perfect. You're just going to start and you're going to have to work out the kinks later, but like have a, gone, done the research and put in the time and really make sure this is what you want. You're willing to go through the battles and ups and downs because it's, it's not going to be easy. And it's definitely not going to be as easy as we make it out to be on social media. But I mean, Instagram is a highlight reel at the end of the day. So I think that's if people knew the hours that like I spent just researching marketing trends and what I would look like as a business and how other people started there. It's like hours and hours and hours of just like reading and learning. And then I launched and I was like, okay. And like you said, I launched quickly. Like it wasn't like, you know, I was sitting on it for two years and had every duck in my row. Like, no, but I, at least I like, you, you put some work in beforehand to kind of like understand like this is my ideal scenario and like I'm ready for you to start throwing things my way and adjust like that's exactly what it is yeah but like people want to like launch and go and like do that but like they don't realize it's no there's no such thing as an overnight success like I don't know if you saw that a while ago it was like um, someone, it was about Lizzo and they were like, Lizzo was an overnight success. She was like, you mean the last seven years that I've been putting out music and now one song went viral. And like, I'm, I yeah. it. like, I've been doing this for seven years and it's the same thing. Like it's one day it might, it might just, you know, you might take off, but doesn't mean that it's an overnight success. Like there was work that went on behind it. And if you blow up, then even more happy for you. But like, I actually like, I find more value in the people who don't go viral because I see their hustle and I'm not a component of hustle culture, but like they're in the thick of it with us. And like, that's more relatable to me. So I'm really glad that you said that. I think that's really great advice and a great way to end the episode. I wish we could, we probably should in the future do a part two on like the actual, like what you just said, like doing the research and like how to actually the mechanics of running a business and getting clients and management and like the business side of being an influencer and running a business because there's so much more that people don't see behind the scenes because we can't share everything there's just not enough hours yeah. day and I think the perfect theme of this episode is just being intentional with it. and like we can't show everything but we are intentional with the things we do show because that's what we're most passionate about but doesn't mean there isn't hard work going on in the background so I love that where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at Anastasia Suris. I am on TikTok. I'm not as, it's not my favorite thing, but like I, I'll go on there and like kind of talk through outfits. It's like laid back. I'm enjoying it in that sense. I'm not falling into like, I'm not doing dances. So if you want to see me dance, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's Anastasia.Suris. And then my website is AnastasiaSuris.com. And Savo Social. You can find me on Savo Social. Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My gosh, thank you for having me. 